911, what's the nature of your emergency? Welcome back to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton. In today's episode, we're going to talk about making your time count. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy today's content. Now, I can't possibly be the only one who is absolutely astonished that we only have less than five months of 2021 to go. I feel like everything post-COVID time has just really warped into this this different dynamic of the way that we calculate and the way that we live through time. And I know that time is a concept that, you know, theorists and different different genres actually of professions will go ahead and they'll rearticulate as to whether or not time even exists. But I don't know about you, but I've certainly felt that there is something different with the way that time seems to be moving forward. And I, of course, COVID would have nothing to do with it, but I'm just using that as a reference point because the world has changed so much that it has altered my perception of the way that time is passing by. And maybe it's the same for you. I'm not sure. But the reason I'm bringing this up is because I feel like I am seeing so much conversation around people who perhaps don't feel like their time is worthy or they're not utilizing their time to the capacity that they know that they could be or should be every single day. And I wanted to talk about that a little bit because for me personally, I, I map out my my annual schedule and I do that at the end of the fourth quarter of every single year. And of course, there are things that are added to it and edited and changed and, and so forth. But the main components that the things, the goals, the big things, I make sure that I put them on my calendar. And as I'm going forward, I, I do check in and I have things put on my schedule that tell me that I need to do a recalibration or a recheck in on a regular basis. And I think that's important for us to recognize because when we as humans do not feel that we're accomplishing something every single day, you might not realize this, but this is actually something that is a primal function within our our primitive makeup. And it's very similar to the concept of us going out every day and we're, we're working hard and we're exhausted by the time that we get home. But when we look back to how things were on, on a primitive level, it would be very similar to the concept of going out into the forest or into the field and trying to forage and, and hunt and try to gather food and coming back home empty handed every single day when we have this sense of not feeling accomplished. So the two are very synonymous with one another. And it's important for us to be able to point that out. And the reason that's important is because if we're not doing something every single day that allows us to feel that sense of accomplishment, we're going to come home feeling like a failure and eventually it will catch up with us and we will feel like every single day we're coming home empty handed with no dead rabbit to chuck on on the kitchen table. So I think that by being able to recognize how the two of those concepts intertwine with one another, then it gives us a better understanding of how we're, we're able to function every single day and how we should be functioning in order to make sure that we do feel like valuable members of society society, valuable members of our household, and most importantly, that we feel like we're showing up for ourselves and that we're showing up with most the most value that we can in the most productive and optimal way for ourselves. So how do we actually do that? Well, I think that it's important to point out what's important to us. What is important to you is going to be different than what is important to me. The goals, the things that we want to achieve long-term and short-term are things that we actually need to dedicate our time to. And I've talked about signing a contract with ourselves in the past on this show, but it is so important for us to make sure that we are 
not only holding ourselves accountable, but we're showing up for ourselves in the same way that we show up for the people in our lives. I know as you listen to this, there are probably a thousand excuses that are running through your mind. I can certainly relate to that as to why you can't do X, Y, Z, because it's more important to go do X, Y, Z for for this other person. And there's no way that you would miss out on doing X, Y, Z for that other person. But when we allow ourselves to have this shift in mindset, and most of the time, that other person, the X, Y, Z that you're always giving is always going to be somebody in your immediate family, almost always. And there could be certain circumstances where maybe you're you're giving X, Y, and Z to a coworker instead of taking care of your own first. But for the most part, it's the people that are in our immediate circle. And it, it feels like it's impossible to tell them no. And then we feel like we get this sense of self-worth by showing up and giving X, Y, Z to the people in our immediate circle, because that's what makes us important to them. If I didn't show up and do X, Y, Z for them, well, then maybe they wouldn't need me anymore. Or even deeper, maybe they wouldn't love me anymore. And I know that that feeling feels very, very real. But the truth is that that feeling is actually just a facade. It's the story that we start to tell ourselves when it comes to being able to cultivate meaning and value and feeling that we have this sense of self-worth. And when we allow ourselves to take a shift in our way of thinking and to decide how we can have that sense of self-worth for ourselves and give ourselves X, Y, Z before we ever give it away to anybody else, then the whole world starts to look different. And I'm telling you that because this is something that was a huge wake-up call for me, especially in my marriage. Being married now for over 13 years, there became this there became this dynamic that started to cultivate that I didn't even recognize happened until I got to this place where I was like, oh shit, like I feel so overwhelmed by this. How did I let this happen? And my own sense of self-worth started to feel like it was dwindling away because I so effortlessly gave it away within my own marriage. How could I have allowed myself to, to have become so depleted and yet I did it for somebody that I loved more than anybody else in the world? So it was something that I recognized and it started to feel like this incredibly unhealthy pattern. And to kind of micro that down a little bit, for me, it was building that independence within my marriage. I gave away so much of my personal independence to my marriage that I I didn't even know who I was when I was alone anymore. And not only that, but I couldn't even function as an independent woman a woman anymore in society. I started to become very self-reliant and comfortable on how it felt to always do things with Clint that when I had the opportunities, I was forced into the opportunities of having to do something by myself, I started to become fearful. It became very uncomfortable. It became something that I would avoid, even something as simple as taking a drive across town, driving all the way to the mall. There was this period of time for years where I would never have to do something like that because instead I would wait until it was comfortable, wait until Clinton was home and we can go and do something like that together. And when I had this realization, it was actually this incredible spirit of growth and opportunity within my own life. And it allowed me to just shift my perspective. And certainly it was very difficult having these conversations. How do you have a conversation with your husband telling him, you know what, I want to part ways with you to some extent. I want to find a way to separate myself from you, from our marriage, so that I can find my independence. It was a very, very hard conversation to have with him and not for me to be able to say it, but for me to be able to say it in a way to where he would understand it. And there are still times where things will come up and I can sense that he's a little bit uncomfortable with whatever the thing is, my new idea, my my new plan to be able to go out there and to, to live 
life in a way that I'm able to continue to find myself. And that's not to say that I I have to do it in a way to where it's one or the other, right? I don't need to exit my marriage in order to find my independence. That is something that can very much coexist. However, it requires you to be incredibly clever to be able to do something like that. And the reason that I'm sharing this story with you is because I know that there is something within your own life right now that that you've become incredibly dependent on. And maybe it's similar to me. Maybe you're a husband and you you have become so reliant on your spouse who who does certain things for you that when your spouse isn't there and you're forced to do those things yourself, maybe you do it half-assed, maybe you neglect it and you avoid it altogether. Maybe it's something that you just are incredibly uncomfortable to do at all, very similar to my situation. I know when my mom passed away, my dad was forced to do so many things that he never had to do because my mom was a homemaker. Her whole life, that's all she wanted to do was to be a mom and to be a wife. And she was an incredible one at, at both of those things. And so when we no longer had her anymore, it was built up, right? There was nine months where my mom was sick while she was dying. And then my dad was forced to do so much. And now there are things that he should be doing for himself, things that my mom did that he completely avoids. He just won't do it. One of the main things is my my mom loved to cook. So my dad built her this incredibly beautiful kitchen with all of the nicest, most expensive appliances. My dad being a contractor, you can just imagine the, this kitchen, this setup that my mom had, it was everything that she ever wanted. Outlets in the exact spots. If she ever wanted an additional one, he would, he would install it for her. And now my dad has this beautiful kitchen that that nobody ever touches because he does not cook for himself. Instead, he relies on other people to cook for him. And so that's one of those things that, you know, it, it really allows it to to turn into a situation that does start to become unhealthy in the big picture and in the, the micro picture of things. And by identifying what it is that we're able to do for ourselves that allow us to grow and to expand, I think it makes it easier for us to actually put the things on our schedule that we should be doing, not necessarily for other people. We could do things with other people, of course, but what is it that you have on your plate that you should probably learn how to do on your own? What can you do to actually make your time count that will that will enable you to be able to pour into yourself before you ever even think about giving away your XYZ to somebody else? And I know it's hard. It's a difficult process. It's probably one that we'll avoid time and time again until it just smacks us in the face, very similar in the way that it did to me. But I can tell you that it is the most exhilarating feeling that we go through as an adult, very similar to when we turn 18 and we become an adult. It is very, very similar to that same concept when you realize that there's another way to turn 18 again and to get that that personal freedom back in your adult life. And I hope that you're able to find what it is for you. If ever you need any help doing that, please reach out to me on Facebook at Ashley Walton. If you're not already, join our Police, Fire, Military, and Families Facebook group and know that I am sending you a long, tight hug from my home to yours.